This is Recruitment Agency Ignition with Andy Whitehead. Helping you build your recruitment employment business fast. Fast, fast. Using digital and automation and one to many systems, tools, and inbound strategies. Today, we have a hot seat with the man, Brant. Um, Brant is going to be sharing a story of how he's tripled his agency in just under six months. But also, we're now going into a period whereby I'm going to give you the um, but step-by-step procedures, templates, scripts, everything to run a webinar. And number one, get it set up correctly. Number two, ensure you've got the correct mavens on board. Number three, you've got the right script to open it, to transfer into the content from the content into the close, and number four, get direct leads from the webinar. It's going to be laid out for you step by step. Literally, you fill in the, the templates, but also it's going to be the scripts are done for you, and these, these are scripts that convert, and Brian didn't have access to a lot of this at the time, but he still managed to do 300K, and I'm not sure what the actual figure is right now from his first um, webinar, which he, um, in his own words, Brian, so I'm not being um, anyway uh, <laughs> um, undermining, that, you know, maybe we, wasn't on point, but the thing I love about Brand is he just gets on with it. He just gets on with it. So that's today's hot seat. Essentially, how he's tripled his agency in six months, just under. That's the revenue. Um, so not just we put more bums on seats or we we got more tweets and no actual money coming in. Um, but also when you look at when Brand shares a story, normally this point in the year he doesn't actually get to the point of profit profit until the end of, end of the year. But things are really transformed in the first six months. Um, so what we're going to do is look at what he's done, and Brant's going to share a story, look at what he's doing, and then we're going to look at what he's about to do. So the insights I want you guys to take from this. As we go through his hot seats, it's not that it's there for someone to be anyway, check me out. It's like this guy is no different from you or I. But he's done some things. He's implemented some things. And in fact, there's a quote of Brant's I'm going to share with you in a second, which is absolutely magic. So what we're going to do is listen to Brant's story. And Brand, as I mentioned before, has the voice of radio, so it'd be a lot more eloquent and a lot more soothing than mine, and I'm sure it's going to be lots of good fun. So let's do this then. Let's get into what we're doing today with this man. So Brand is the guy, and you guys heard him with the referral process. So um, Brand's the guy who ran a Maven webinar, and before the webinar, you know, and he's not done this, and not done this, not done this. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to get people turned up or turning up to the actual webinar. I'm not sure this is going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But Brand in his um, now proved, proven typical self pulled it off. But what I love Brand, about Brand is this. When you're on the Maven webinar, if you think about the process steps we've got, number one, we've identified there's I know, 5,000 clients in our marketplace. Number two, we want to bring those clients to a Maven webinar. So the Maven does, so that's the 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 big name in the marketplace, they do all the content. Then number three, after or during the webinar, you actually get the, the prospects, i.e. your potential client on the webinar, or candidates, normally client, but on the webinars, um, then emailing you, or then filling out a survey form, or then booking a time in your diary. So you've got step one, who's my prospect? There's 5,000 of them. Step two, run the webinar. Step three, you get direct leads from it. And that's how it should work. So some of you might remember Charles, this is going back years now, Charles Moore. Um, from next gen, Charles ran his first webinar and he pulled in, I can't remember exactly what it was, it was he, 
I think he pulled in about 45 minutes of content, and then he had about 30 minutes of Q&A. But on there, he picked up um, two or three um, clients live, live on the call, saying, yeah, can we speak, et cetera, et cetera. And he did it, and um, really, really cool, really, really cool. What Brandt did, um, he went through the webinar process, but the way he's picked up the business, and it's now a, um, I think he just said 300 grand um, from the first webinar, um, it wasn't directly from the webinar. So when we run a Maven webinar, it's about two things. Number one, the most important thing I want for you is this. I want you to be the authority in the marketplace. So we've got former clients from like three, four years ago, and I still get emails from these guys, and, um, and it's when we were nowhere, nowhere as near as um, systemized or process-driven as we are now. But, um, Andy, the conversations I'm having, I can't believe I'm speaking to these people. I can't believe I'm actually speaking to these people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working from, well, I was working from home and I'm speaking to these guys and it's because they've got the top 10, 20, 30 people in the industry now essentially endorsing them. So some of the names we've had in, uh, on the Maven webinars have been, we've had literally a United Nations person. We've had, um, members of parliament in the UK. Um, the one I love, I say it all the time, just cause I just love boxing is the guy who took George Foreman grills to, to wall street. Um, Leo Dryman, his name was, uh, we've had huge names in every niche you can imagine, and they've all used the exact same process. So the main thing I want for you is the long-term sustainability. So that, I don't mean for the next six months and you get leads from webinars in the next six months. I mean that your, you and your brand are known for the next six months, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, five years, 10 years. You're known. You're absolutely known. You can launch an agency from being not known in the marketplace and being a player in the marketplace from holding one big webinar. What I recommend, though, and we're going to go through it next week, so after this, I've got literally step-by-step -step laid out for you that um, things that Brand didn't have to the extent we've got now, but step-by-step, -step, this is how you identify the mavens, this is how you get the mavens, this is how you create the maven landing page. It's all going to be laid out for you, step-by-step, -step. literally done for you, copy and paste. Fill in these holes here. But Brand didn't have it, but he's, a, he's picked up some good business. But I want you to do two things, guys. So I want you to get a piece of paper now, and I want you to draw a line down the middle. I want you to grab a piece of paper now and draw a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, so literally a piece of A4, put it portrait. Left-hand side, I want you to write authority. Authority. Because this is what will give you the long-term sustainability. So you must have the long-term authority. You must, must, must. If you've got a short-term view, you're going to get short-term results. You might do really well in three to six months. And then, you know, and say we've had everything happen. Um, and then they, uh, and it dawns on them, geez, it was actually an integrated strategy. It wasn't just about getting leads in now. It wasn't just about using double R double. It wasn't just about, yeah, there was more to it. Darn it, I didn't do it. So I want you to do this, left-hand side, authority. What are you picking up about the authority that Brand's going to share with you? The second side of the page, I want you to pick up this. Not just how has he got leads in, how has he grown. I want you to do this. I want you to listen to what Brand's saying about scale. So authority and scale. And scale comes down to two things. It comes down to automation. In this case, not as much as lots of what you're doing, but also how Brand's now looking to actually build teams outside of him. So authority and scale. I want you to write down all the insights you get because you will get a lot. 
So we're going to focus on, yeah, the webinar. And first of all, the session was going to be about the webinar purely. But having now thought about this, taking a step back, Brand's done some really cool things in the last year. Sorry, last six months. Um, done some really, really cool things in the last six months. And it comes down to his mindset. And that's why even now, even the sessions we did in the first 90 days in the last month, you know, I'm doing all these mindset things now. And for those of you who are saying, oh, I don't need the mindset thing. I'm going a million miles now. I'm awesome. You, you could well be one of those 10% and you're awesome and you are awesome. But also I've seen it now so many times, so many times we get short term views. We get awesome results. Right. I'm going to, um, I'm going to just focus on these campaigns for three months. And then no, that's not a long term business. I don't want to be associated with that. I want to be associated with business going from double to quadruple so forth and so forth into exit now. I don't want to be associated with quick wins. I don't want to be associated with people having a really good couple of months. And what Brian's got is that mindset. Look at what Brian's saying here. He's being systematic with this. He's actually working to a 90-day sprint. He's leveraging what works. So when he's got a process working, he's scaling the backside out of it. This is what I love about Brian is the whole mindset side of things is why are we in business? It's not to work 20 hours a day. And I know if you're young, hungry, and whatever, you know, we're all think we're young, hung, you know, hungry, and all these good things. And that's the way it should be. But even, you know, I look back to my days when I was like, went to investment banks when I was 20, 21. It's like, phew, I worked like a dog. I missed lots of my best friend's weddings. And I just, we should be doing these things. But nowadays, I wasn't exposed to this. But what you can do is do really big things financially, but you can also make time for yourself. So what we're going to do is this. Just to recap, I want you to be taking notes on A, authority, because that's going to give you the long-term growth. The long-term growth. The authority, of course, combined with the systems. But then also think about what Brant's doing now with the scale side of things. What's he doing right now? Brant's doing nothing that none of any of you cannot do or are doing. or There's nothing here which is new. There's nothing at all here which is new. You know, sometimes we do things new. So the thing that Keith shared with us was about, right, I'm now moving to, I'm, I'm scaling up double R, double R, and data sets, so I'm going to put it into commission-only recruits. That's cool. This is really cool stuff. And um, there's new strategies come out of this. What Brand's doing is just working in a really focused way. So I want you to be focusing on authority. So the authority, but also the scale. I want you to be thinking about what is Brand doing to scale? So... You know, Brad, this metal block about using a VA. So let's get Brad on the call. So let me just all double check. Hey, Brad, you there? I am indeed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Cool. What time is it for you, Brad? Uh, let's see, uh, 6.34 a.m. Wow. So he's, um, I can, West sense, Coast. I can sense the coffee, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly water at this stage. Oh, Coffee's good. not been brewed yet. Oh, good man. Okay, well, let's have a quick piece of housekeeping. Um, can everyone, can everyone hear Brant? Let me know. So Brant's going to give us, um, just tell us about your family life. Tell us about your, your wife and the family. Just give us a quick 30 seconds about you to so make sure everyone can hear you. Well, I'm scratching the head of my German shepherd right now, who's the only one up in the family. But uh, <laughs> she's joining our webinar today and actually would love to say a few words. And so she does. You'll know that's who in the background. Uh, three kids, uh, two out and launched, one uh, still at home in high school, and uh, happily married to my wife, Terry, for almost 10 years. Awesome. So, guys, a quick check-in before we get into the man himself. Can you all hear 
Okay. So with that said, let's get into this. So Brant, let's just do a, I know we've, we've spoken before, of course. Uh, let's do a, just a 60 second overview of, of you. So just who Brant is and your marketplace, who your client is and where you are and how long you've been in business. Then we'll get into the meet. Okay. Fantastic. Um, been with my own company for seven years, but have been doing search work. It feels like forever. Um, did a few years of 1099 work with a couple of large firms starting back in 2003, kind of learned the trade, uh, went in another direction prior to the 08 recession uh, down the road of an advertising agency uh, business with my wife. That didn't work out, had to fold that business up started getting calls about recruiting and uh, been on my own since 2009. Cool, 2009. And just very quickly, I think lots of people will know now, um, who's, your, who's your client, who's your candidate? Give us a, a 30 seconds overview of who your client is, who your candidate is. Right, so we do retain uh, executive suite search, so uh, C-level, CEO, probably two, three CEO searches a year, the balance, um, C-suite, so CMO, CIO, CFO, uh, all with middle market companies. And I define that as the 200,000 companies in the U.S. that sell between 10 million and a billion, uh, which is a pretty broad range, but I do have bookend clients at both ends. But the bulk of the business is companies that have annual sales between 50 million to 500 million, um, agnostic to industry. Uh, but exclusively C-suite. Um, however, we do do a few below the C-suite level, but only with clients that we have established relationships with and that we've been working with for some time. Got it. Cool. So 2009, got moving, setting up, and now works in retained, wholly, wholly retained? Yes. Yep, wholly retained. Um, some of you might be thinking 200,000, but Andy tells me to get focused on 10, 12,000 in the marketplace. There's something Brant and I have discussed offline. So um, the reason why Brant's got the ability is because, again, the process works. The process works. But if Brant started an from scratch, we wouldn't necessarily be doing this. But say Brant's got some, some subtle pre-positioning that we'll come to in a second. So let's do this in Brant. Um, first of all, just give us, if you could, a um, just break down what maybe you were doing before so just break down before we spoke what were sort of the, the four the four key challenges in the business so for example could be the way you bought on you know got clients you know you, know, you and i know the story about the plane and all that i can imagine the airports and what's that film called with um well, i can't think what the guy's name is but i'll picture you in the airport after airport so what the, plenty, yeah. that's it yes <laughs> So just give us, if you could, the four key challenges that, if you could do this, if you could think about, right, so on the call now, we've got everyone from, you know, they work internationally, they work globally, they look lo locally. What are four, four of the key challenges you had that maybe everyone else can relate to? So it might be lack of lead flow, it could be, um, try, you know, going, going to a face-to-face -face meeting without any pre-positioning. What are the four key challenges you think you had that everyone else could relate to that will give us some sort of context to start with? Right, so so like so many of us on the call, I was trade the old-fashioned way, right? Get on the phone, make the calls. And I remember, gosh, the guy that uh, first trained me, he's in his mid to late 70s now, but uh, when I started doing 1099 work with him, I said, well, how do we get started? And he goes, we'll call everyone you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most of us have heard that before. And, you know, to be honest, it actually worked because my first 
one of the first calls I made were, were folks that I knew worked in the consulting field, and that led to my first referrals. And in fact, uh, the very first referral that I got doing that 1099 business is my superstar referral today, and Andy, we've, we've talked about him in the past. Yep. Um, but, you know, obviously that was lucky and fortunate, but, um, you know, I spent the first two or three years not just dialing for dollars in terms of candidates, but dialing for dollars in terms of referrals. And, you know, had some luck, but uh, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of slogging. Um, this is kind of at the nascent age stage of, of LinkedIn back in 2003 when it got started. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of the technology available, and you literally just got out the phone book or looked on the web and, um, you know, got folks uh, on the phone and tried to match them to positions. Um, and that kind of evolved <clears throat> into a strategy of uh, one that now I even get exhausted about thinking, which is, you know, making connections, whether it was through LinkedIn or elsewhere, and, you know, getting on a plane and, and going and meet people. And, and uh, uh, one of the things that that mentor had told me uh, back in the day was, and I quote, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince. And uh, believe me, my lips were puckered after uh, so many meetings. <laughs> and it would typically be, you know, meeting with someone who I thought was a prospect, had done all the research, you know, was a middle market CEO, only to find out that, you know, he was in transition and he was looking for a job. And probably nine out of the ten, oh, probably even more than that, 19 out of the 20 meetings I would have would be um, who I thought was a prospect and ended up being someone who knew they were a candidate and wanted me to help place them. And, of course, after having explained my business model, um, it was nothing really more than wasted time. Yes, they, 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 so they, that was the, they, they used you then for that process yeah. themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was essentially, oh, yeah, let's meet, let's meet. And, you know, it became obviously a, a meeting that was uh, Utah in that respect. Um, so when I, uh, what was happening with my business, it was very lumpy. Um, you know, feast and famine, uh, I would have, you know, two, three months that would be very busy because mostly the referral business that I received would, would deliver good income. Um, and then all of a sudden I would be, you know, have no searches at all and uh, be very uh, uh, focused on business development. That's when I'd be doing the traveling and, and trying to, you know, develop new relationships. And I get lucky every now and then. I mean, I must say uh, two of my clients today that have generated significant business over the last seven years were cold calls through LinkedIn. Um, and for obvious reasons, you know, they, they were worth it and they're good friends and good clients. So it, it, it worked, but a lot of time and effort and frustration went into that. And uh, that was... Uh, you know, pretty about close to the time that you and I met uh, the latter part of the last year when I was looking for a number of consultants to really help me kind of smooth out the business, make it less lumpy, and uh, have more consistent uh, leads coming in. Yeah, got it. So, so guys, just, can you relate to what Brand's saying now? So I think, well, you use less lumpy, <laughs> but also use the word more consistent. And I think that's what we're, what we're going to be focusing on, more consistency, isn't it? And that's what gives you the, well, I think you used the word peace of mind, didn't you? Um, so that's what we want. We want this consistency. So just to recap then, Brent was 
um, doing th things which works occasionally, Bram, but you say you, had, you use the phrase feast and famine, which I love, and I've actually used since. You might want to copyright that. Um, but you've got the good month, you've got the bad month, and, and those things are happening. And I, I remember you, you know, saying that you, know, you, you book these appointments, you fly into a city, you have these meetings, and then... Well, I can't imagine what you're thinking at the airport. You're flying back home thinking, oh, God, I've done, I've done it again. I've, I've, just been, I've just flown a thousand miles and spent days away from home and all these things. And um, So that's what you were doing before, correct? Correct. Okay, good. Let's do this then. So when you were going through that, obviously the frustration, I, well, let us know what the frustration was, but it was, are you away from home? The, the unpredictability, you know, the inconsistency. What was the key sort of pain points in the business at that time then? So just before we met, so it was what, what was going on that perhaps everyone can relate to. So Andy's had a good month and then what was maybe the top three things that were happening in terms of that, that side of things, the, the pain? Right. So um, as I said, it was, you know, the, the, really the pain of not having the consistent revenue to cover expenses. Let's be let's be honest. It's right down to the bottom line. Um, I you know would have great months, store the chestnuts so to speak, and then be in a position where there would be no income coming in, but the expenses of my family and my business uh, were consistent. So um, you know not being able to kind of pay the bills, looking for ways in which I had to you know go into savings and always worried about, you know, being able to, you know, cover expenses month to month was, was pain point number one for sure. Yep. Um, number two, I think, was the, the frustration around not being able to serve my clients. And, and it may sound a little high and mighty, but I know, you know, remember we talked about the Pampers, right, in analogy. <laughs> yeah. And now that you're in Pampers with Ariel, you, you, you can certainly uh, – uh, identify with that, but, you know, I know that my clients have these needs, um, and with a market of 200,000, you know, you can imagine it's going on. My biggest challenge was how do I know and how do I find out and how do I get in contact with those CEOs that currently have those needs? And in my experiences is, is I kept hitting the ones that were either looking for work uh, themselves or didn't need me. Um, and I was being a pest to them versus being able to be in touch with CEOs. And at any point in time of those 200,000, there's probably 10% or more that need an executive recruiter but don't know either how to reach them or, you know, how to get the great service that I could provide. So, so it was frustration around uh, not being able to connect with the clients that needed me at the time. Um, and then, you know, the third, I think, was really just kind of personal. Um, it, it's not fun, and it's hard to be passionate about a business when um, it just doesn't seem to be working. And, and I've always considered myself a pretty good marketer, but one of the things I've learned is, you know, it's kind of like a surgeon never operates on himself yeah. uh, or an accountant doesn't do his own books. <laughs> I, 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 I really thought I could handle the marketing on my own and clearly the results weren't delivering the uh, – uh, or my efforts weren't delivering the results I'd hoped for. Okay, good. Thanks for being transparent. I know that that's a little bit of duplication for you and I from personal conversations, but the reason why I'm asking that is because you guys will know this. Unless you actually understand where Brandt was, then you can empathize, and then 
you're going to take action on it. So it's really to make it, it's, that's for the benefit of everyone else, Brown, really more so than, than you, and, you and I. So thanks for that. So guys, maybe you relate to a bit of that around the inconsistent months, um, you know, just covering, well, in this case, expenses. Maybe you've you got other bits and pieces. Maybe you've got a team you need to cover as well, personal expenses, business expenses. Second one, Brand, do you relate to? is something I get every single day, and it's something that um, I, I personally feel. But I'm not, and it, it, you're right. It does when you say it verbally, it makes you sound like you, you're almost must well, be blunt bullshitting people. You know, not serving enough people. Um, and it, it, it's something that I, I fully, fully get. You think, oh, if you, why, why don't you do this? You're still, you're still doing ABC. You know, you've got guys come to us, and you know, I fully get where you're at. And you know that you really care about your clients, don't you? And I'm sure all of you do. And when you've got that mindset, you genuinely do, you do get a frustration. You really, really do get a frustration because you want to help these people. And like in any business, there's so many um, – well, maybe people are not your ethics out there. So I, I fully get where you are there with, with the frustration. I'm sure all of you – in fact, let me ask you, do you guys get that as well? Do you get that frustration or is it, uh, no, I mean, I want to make a million pound a gal. Or, but I get that, really, I really do get it. And the third one, the personal side of things, yeah, if you, it's how it is. Especially for, I think for men, and for you ladies on the call, I'm not being any way sexy. You know, I'm not built that way at all. But there's definitely a, a, an ego thing in a man that always needs to be achieving a bit more. And um, and the passion that goes with it. And there's, there's something around that. I, I definitely, because I've had that conversation so many times with, with guys way above anything that I could ever even dream of achieving. But right the way down to, well, well everyone, I think it's a, a definitely a man thing. But also, I think you got ladies in the group, you know, I think you're built that way as well, aren't you? We always want more. You know, if we're not doing what we think we can do, then we get that frustration. And it's not enjoyable. So, so guys, in terms of what Brown just laid out there, there's three pain points. Do you guys have any questions for Brant on where he was before we get into the real sexy stuff? But we've got new members on the call, so I want to make sure that you guys get who Brant is and get where he is before we get into the magic itself. I'm with Brant. I can relate 100%. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do this and Brant. Let's get into the cool stuff, okay? So what I want to do, um, I mentioned I want to do two things, Brant, if it's cool with you. Number one, I want you to um, I want to spend some time. I want you to give us an overview of the last six months. What have you, what have you done? So by that, if we break it down to maybe into the three key um, three key things you've done. So whether it be you built a virtual team, whether it be you only speak to those who are not a frog. Uh, what are the three key things you've done in the last six months? Okay, so just to recap, Brands triple his revenue. We will give some um, context around that. What that actually means in the real world. You know whether. Um, then absolutely cool if you want to. If you don't, also absolutely cool. But just give us, if you could, looking back, what are the three key things, strategies, maybe the wrong word, strategy, but it's just what's the three elements that have really transformed the last six months for you? And then we're going to dig into the webinar itself, and then we're going to go into some other cool stuff, okay? But first of all, um, let's not you know, skip around this. You've, um, you've done awesome, Brian. You've, you've, you've tripled the revenue in the last six months, and you know, when you and I first spoke, we, you know, you wanted automation. I wanted to see what you were about. And then we came up with a, a systemization of referrals, didn't we? And then you tiptoed into webinars and you tiptoed into VAs. And then I get this glorious message from you. It's like, oh, didn't expect that. So so let's let's do this if, if, if we could. Let's give some context around the last six months. So, guys, what I want you to do is type in the chat box any questions you've got for Brand around the last six months. So, uh, maybe the first thing to do is just give give an overview. So what have you done in the last six months? Maybe just let let it come out. Just you know, Andy, I've done this, I've done this, done this, done this, and then let's dig deeper into maybe the top three 
elements or top three channels, top three things that you've done that we can maybe give some value to everyone else, and then we're going to focus on the webinar. Is that cool? Absolutely. So I guess first to start, the bridge that I got or that was built to you, I think, is perhaps the best place to start <clears throat> when I was experiencing that um, lumpy business, the feast and famine, I went out and interviewed a number of consultants, and I probably spoke to 25 different people. Nobody really understood my business. I probably spent more time trying to explain to them, but whether it was someone with websites, someone that was doing social media, someone that was attempting to, you know, show me how to, you know, develop content and become an authority figure, um, you know, there was maybe three or four that I was ready to kind of test and see, and then I received one of your outreaches. It was almost like <laughs> you knew I was looking. It was amazing. I think it was an invitation on LinkedIn. And um, I, I remember going to my wife and saying, you know, who was very involved in helping me evaluate potential consultants, I said, look at this. You know, this guy specializes in recruitment agencies. You know, what do you think? And, and we both kind of looked at it in disbelief because it, it appeared too good to be true, to be honest, Andy. Um, and, you know, one-stop shop with regards to all my needs. But I entered your funnel. And so, um, you know, that was a true godsend for me, and it's really been something amazing in terms of how that's changed, not just my business but my life since we met in December of last year. So thank you for that, Andy, and again, kudos to uh, what you're doing for all of us. So, um, but back to your question. That, that, that sounds the, like we staged that, Brandt, you know. It sounds like we've, we've I've, 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 I've tipped you up to do that. It's like, I'm sure people are going, that sounds like, yes, he's definitely paid him. Um, so, guys, this isn't the case at all. Uh, <laughs> well, you know that's not true, and yeah. uh, all I can say is, you know, once again, thank you for uh, for changing my life. It's It's been pretty amazing. Um, so, uh, as I've said before, Andy, in, in the hot seat, and I think also in the testimonies I've provided, that the thing that I appreciated probably the most after kind of getting a feeling of what you could do to really help me get these uh, lumps out of my business was um, you embraced what I had been doing, which was uh, working with referral partners. Uh, over half of my business have been with referrals, and instead of you know, basically scanning everything that I did and say, now you're going to go and do it this way, which was one of the fears I had about working with a consultant. Uh, the very first thing you said you did is, wait a minute, we're going to put all this else on hold. I really want to understand how your referral business is working. And we dove in, if you recall, to figuring out how to really supercharge that. And um, so, so that, to answer your question about the key three things, that is Absolutely, number one. Um, if you recall, we talked about your under, or I gave you an understanding of how my referral business works. You know, one superstar, three or four folks that kind of deliver a uh, modicum amount of business, and then a whole bunch of folks who I didn't do much with at all. And I now have established regular contact, uh, if not in person, over the phone with not just the superstar, but other referral partners. Um, I have stepped up how I work with them proactively, and, and we'll talk about the webinars in a minute because that's actually something that I've integrated into my webinars through my referral partners. And um, I'm pleased to say that my referred business is now probably 75 or 80% this year. 
So um, that has been probably the single most significant um, impact, um, which was really kind of new to not just me, but to you, right? Because we, we, we took something I had and we figured out how to supercharge it. So um, I'm happy to go into more detail there, but let me just give you the, the three overviews. So, so the referral business and figuring out how to really um, supercharge that, how to get that moving uh, faster, better, smarter has been number one. Number two, automating my business, um, you know, with getting a VA, uh, setting up, you know, acuity scheduling, um, having uh, the ability now to really automate um, my database growth. I, I think I started, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, maybe with about 13 or 1,500 in my database. I've, I've got over 7,000 today, and that's just within six months. Um, so, you know, everything kind of around automating the business, um, getting uh, things that I was doing that was, you know, 5 or $10 an hour stuff, move to a VA, which I don't do anymore, and I still have a lot more to do in that area but figuring out how to just get stuff off my plate and, um, as you've said many times, building the business while I sleep. Um, and then the third, of course, is, is the Maven webinars. And, and uh, uh, those, I've done three so far in the last, uh, well, really just three months because I, uh, it took me a couple of months to get things set up. Um, and uh, you've alluded to some of the referrals that I've got from them. Um, and, and the most amazing thing, I think, for me, and I think you've mentioned this as well, Andy, is that the referrals haven't necessarily been people that have attended. In fact, the very first piece of business that I received from my first Maven webinar uh, was someone who um, <laughs> responded to one of my emails about inviting them to it, and, you know, it kind of brings... <laughs> It was essentially a CEO that I'd been nurturing for some time that finally needed me. And, uh, the, the, and the bottom line was they, they weren't interested in the webinar at all, but they remembered that I was a recruiter, responded to my you know, outreach about the webinar, requested a meeting, and uh, actually I just looked um, <laughs> on my bank account this morning before getting on, and, and their first... Uh, uh, retainer uh, hit my account uh, within the last five hours. So, uh, you know, that's a, a very real impact of how the, the, the Maven webinar has hit me. And, and there's been other referrals that have come from that as well and other business that I'm, I'm working on. So, um, anyway, a bit rambling, but those are the top three things, Andy. No, no, it's not rambling at all. So, again, guys, I want to do, um, just do two things here. Number one, we're talking about a six-month period. We're not talking about years, we're not talking about a month, it's six months. So um, that's what we're dealing with here. So just think about where you are now. So we work to 90 day sprints. The next 90 days we want to do bang, bang, bang. This is what I want to focus on. Um, if you, and some of you know, I've spoken to you personally via email or video or one-to-one, -one, you know, if we need to get something now, so we need clients, we need candidates, I'd be focusing on, right, we need to get as much data as possible into double double and be thinking big. You know, Keith puts in 700 leads a week into that. Um, what we've got here at Brand is something strategic going on, um, very strategic. Uh, as I think Bruce said, you have got the voice of radio, and it's something you know, very, um, um, very sort of 
not long term, but you think in the bigger picture. The fact you went through, I didn't know that. You spoke to 25 people before speaking to myself. I, I thought you spoke to one or two. I only mentioned websites and whatever else. But that in itself demonstrates you're very, um, very thorough in terms of, you know, analyzing what we're going to be doing, how we're going to do it, etc., which is really, really cool. And the three things that Brant's done, so we've not mentioned any of the, any of the cool automated things here and then all the other stuff that lots of you do. There's three things that we've really done. So the first lesson, guys, is this. We scaled what's already working. So Brand's got a part of his business now where it's working. But number one, it wasn't systemized. Uh, number two, it wasn't focused on an outcome. It was very much a, uh, and I mean it with respect, Brand, but almost a, uh, this is the process we do. We go and see someone face-to-face, and we almost have a hit and hope in some ways, and we get lucky sometimes, not in others. It wasn't predictable. But the lesson here is haphazard. Haphazard. Okay, good word. Yeah, haphazard. Um, I'll write that down. But it's almost an approach which lots of us do. And we have these – this is why you know, we have guys you – know, oh, this has happened. You know, I, I, I need to go away for three months, and then you find out if that hasn't happened. They've been absolutely caning double R, double R or something. Then they come back, tail between the legs. Oh, we've done this. And it's not a strategic way of working. But what Brown was doing wasn't really being long-term or short-term. It was just the way Brown was working. But the lesson here is, guys, is this. He scaled what's actually working. So he systemized what's working in the business now and scaled it. So there could be a part of your business right now that's working really, really well. Maybe you do go to networking events. Maybe you do do live events. Maybe you do do webinars. Maybe you do, you're using RRR. Maybe there is something now in the business we can scale. That's why metrics are so important. So the first thing is this. Branding come in and say, right, uh, white canvas, blank canvas, going to start completely from scratch. We've got a process that's doing okay, but taking up awful amount of time. And it's not predictable. So we scale what's working. So the first thing is on that sheet of paper in front of you, think about what you're doing right now in the business. Is there anything now that's working okay? Not amazing, but working okay that can be scaled. Do you do something now that's okay? Can we scale it? Just make a note of that. The second thing Brand's done is this, and this is why I want to speak about the bigger picture brand, just so you're aware, is I know that you had um, reluctance might be the wrong word, but when we go into something new like building a virtual team and um, use automation, all these things we haven't done before, we've got the natural, there's two things with recruiters. Number one, I want it now. In fact, I want it yesterday. Um, I want it now. If it's, if it's not there next week, then it's not, it's not working. Uh, and that's how most recruiters think. And whether that's you or not, but there might be an element of that to yourself. So it's about thinking about right, the bigger picture here. So if I want to change the way I'm doing business, which Brand wanted to do, so I don't want to be getting on planes and, and going somewhere and hopefully getting a, a win. But was it 19 out of 20 you said that it wasn't a win? Was that the figure you said? Just oh, yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah, so 19 out of 20. Absolutely. Yeah, so, we, so to make change the business in such a big way you need to be thinking right um if i keep doing what i'm doing i'm going to keep getting the same results and you can't expect to change the entire business with just one strategy in one week you need to be thinking right we need to change something big here and the reason why i want brand to talk more about not just the the webinars but the bigger picture as brand has embraced the va side of things and brand I'm, I'm, i mean this as you know from a place of um, real pure honesty and love um, but I thought Brand maybe have, might have a problem with the VA side of things because sometimes people do because we've been doing things so so long in the same way, but he didn't. So when I've got these updates from Brand, it's really put a smile on my face. And then I didn't know the metrics, you know, that you've achieved all the way through until you sent me the emails. So, oh, pretty cool, Brand. <laughs> pretty cool. So, well, Andy, if, if I may, if I may on this, and, and I'm the first to admit it, um, I, I think it was it was driven by arrogance. I had to get humbled. I, I basically felt that I was the only one that could do this, right? I had this, you know, mindset. I've been running my own business. I've had a certain degree of success. 
how could I possibly find you know someone at ten bucks an hour to do these things as well as I could and and that's what that was the wall I had to get over I had to be humble I had to be able to recognize that not only was it silly that I did this stuff but no there were other more capable people and you know one of the things that I've learned is I've got an incredible VA she's got a master's degree in English her grammar is probably better than mine <laughs> she's not only capable but she you know is able to do things and think of things that I've not even ever even thought of and she's costing me ten dollars an hour and yeah. you know that to me was incredibly humbling and I think what helped me get over the wall was realize there were much better people out here that could do things that uh, I was doing uh, frankly ineffectively Brian thanks for that um, and and you're absolutely right uh, you know it's quite a, a brave word to use, humbling, isn't it? But it's absolutely true, though. The key thing here, guys, is this, is um, understanding if you want your business to double or treble, you can't keep doing the same things, and you can't keep working longer hours. And we've got this mental block of uh, uh, only I can do it. And you know, the lady on the call yesterday, I'm not sure if Suki's, in fact, she won't be because she's got a wedding to be sorted. But Cam's on the call. Cam, how are you doing? Um, I spoke to Suki yesterday, Cam, I'm sure you know. And one of the things that Suki's the first time we spoke is you've got so much in your head, we need to get this systemized. And I think yesterday the penny dropped, but now it's about systemizing what uh, what Suki does in the business. And Suki's be like you, Brian, you know, she runs the business, um, does the business development side of it. And, um, you know, good things are happening with some strategies. But yeah, but now we need to get you out of the business working on it. But thanks for using the word humbling. But, guys, you look at the metrics there. Brian's got 1,300 to 7,000 growth. Um, on average, about 1,000 a month is what you can expect. Uh, if you ask with platforms such as LinkedIn, but also, of course, you build your offline databases as well. But the key thing is your time should be focused on the, the high-paying activities, i.e. closing. Um, but at some point, you may look to actually um, systemize that as well. But for now, so automate the business with the second lesson. And, Brent, thanks for being well direct with the word humbling. Um, and the third one, which we're going to come to, which I'm excited about, is the Maven webinars. Andy, I just wanted I just wanted to clarify the business has doubled in the last six months versus a year ago, but my uh, April May June period, the last three months of the first half of the year, is triple versus the first three months. Oh, also so that's how the business currently is today. So, so, so year to date double, last three months triple versus the previous three months. So you're so you're actually well you're growing then. It's, 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 we're on an upward spike yes. then. <laughs> no question. Um, okay, uh, thanks for clarifying that. I didn't, didn't know that. So, um, well, that's awesome then. So, even better. Let's get into the the Maven side of things. So, Maven webinars. Just to recap, what we're doing really, really simply is we're taking industry leaders, so big, big names, and we're going to have the chap or chapess turn up to a webinar. And then they're going to give loads of great content. Then you're going to get this transference of trust. It was like, well, who's Andy? No, never heard of him before. But you've got Brad Pitt talking about how to be a world-class actor. And then suddenly all the prospects on the call, these, these film companies are going, with Brad Pitt's aligning himself with Andy, Andy must be a pretty good actor. I might speak to him. That's essentially what we're doing. Of course, it's a lot more systemized than that. And we've seen people try and um, copy it in the marketplace, which is pretty cool. But of course, as always, what's really going on is, is underneath. Now, what the outside world can see is here, but it's all this stuff that we should go through the next two, three weeks for you guys. So that's what we're talking about with the Maven side of things. So, Brad, maybe let's do this then. First of all, let's give your your um, your background with webinars and your first thoughts on, oh, 
geez, I'm doing a webinar. Just give the, maybe, because that's, I think often that's a stumbling block, you know, it's the, it's the, again, the mindset. So, you know, just give you background on, I've done nothing or I had these thoughts. And when I first started, I was going through this. Just give us what, you know, the first maybe month or so of you thinking about it and implementing it and what was going on maybe in month one. Well, I was very excited about uh, implementing the webinars because I had done similar, well, I had done newsletters in the past where I highlighted certain, you know, thought leaders and folks that had, you know, opinions and, and strategies, of, you know, that were relevant to my market with, with some modicum of success. Hadn't really generated a lot of business, but got good open rates and, and was developing relationships with them. So, so I immediately was very attracted to the webinar execution, but of course had no idea how to do it. And uh, you and I had a discussion around let's not do it right away, which I thought was the right choice. And I didn't implement my first webinar until I was 90 days. Took a look at the trainings. I went through the three or four uh, uh, you know uh, content pieces that you have with regards to webinars, and I began thinking about. Um, you know, how I would go about doing so. Um, I think the first and foremost thing that I did, and I'm still learning from, is really doing my avatar. And I would, I would emphasize to everyone who is considering doing webinars or looking at ways in which to enhance them, is really do the, the work behind developing your, and your understanding of the avatar. Um, and, and I think it's an ongoing process, Andy. I don't think it ends. I think that um, I'm continuing to learn things about my market, and I continue to ask questions, particularly when I get new candidates, so that I can further define what that is. But but knowing who they are and what they want is is fundamentally key, in my view anyway, to um, executing a, a good webinar. I took it one step further, and I now have an avatar panel of four. Five. It kind of depends. I've got some people that have kind of said, oh, I'm not interested anymore, and so I have to go find someone else that I use to bounce off ideas about future webinars, right? So, so I now have three or four of my key clients, CEOs that I've done ongoing business with that are willing to say, yeah, send me three sentences of, you know, speakers and or ideas that you're thinking about, happy to give you my you know, my input. Um, and it's pretty interesting. They're, they're usually fairly consistent with what they like best, and I use that as a way to kind of sort the various ideas that um, I've had as it relates to, you know, future webinar topics. Um, I took a little bit of a twist with this, Andy, and you and I haven't talked about this yet, so I'm go. wading into the water here. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. But um, rather than going yet, and I'm not saying I won't, but at this stage I have yet to go out to industry leaders, I've been leveraging my referral partners. Many of my referral partners do some pretty amazing things. Yep. You know, they're lean manufacturing consultants. They're succession planning consultants. They're uh, guys who do, you know, CEO to CEO panels. I mean, you know, they've written books. They've been keynote speakers. Uh, we had our second webinar with a guy by the name of um, uh, Kahan Krippendorf, who's a world-renowned, you know, speaker, um, author. He does something called Outthinker. And 
every single one of these folks I have referral arrangements with. And so they may not be as well known, but the fact that they have a relationship with me already has enabled us to establish not only their interest, but really an added value to our relationship by putting them in front of our clients. And so my last three, I've done three webinars so far, the last one we have all been referral partners and therefore um, not only have I had the benefit of their sharing, you know, their, their, their content and, and, you know, what they have to say with, with my client base, um, we have an established arrangement where, um, you know, we're doing a fee sharing on anything that we get mutually that comes out of the webinar. So, um, so far so good. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm still tweaking it. I still don't have the level of attendance that I'd like, uh, but everyone's improved and, um, you know, I'll probably work with two or three other of my webinar partners, sorry, of my promotional uh, referral partners, sorry, um, for the next two or three webinars before I kind of escalate to, as you have trained us, Andy, you know, kind of national scale type of, you know, uh, of presenters for, or the mavens for the, for the presenters. Awesome stuff, Brian. I didn't know you actually did that. As you just said, you've um, you put us right, you put us right in the mire. Um, but this is this is this is awesome. Um, I didn't, I wasn't aware you've done that. We've actually, we've actually got a um, a telephone script template inside the members area called Maven to Client, and it's how to get um, essentially have a conversation with a potential Maven, but to get them on board to be a client. So you use the Maven process for them to actually be a client. You've done a, a funky spin on that around the referral side of things, um, which is awesome because well. And interesting, the biggest piece of business that I've received so far was actually my very first Maven uh, presenter who got a new client after he presented to me. They needed a CEO and uh, literally called me the next day. And, and we had a contract within 10 days of my Maven webinar. And it looks like, and that was for a CEO search, and it looks like that... Um, assignment is probably going to lead to three other assignments. So that client alone is probably going to be a $300,000, $350,000 client. Okay. And it was the Maven referral partner who, who it was nobody that attended the, the webinar. <laughs> it was the Maven presenter who referred me after the Maven webinar. Nice. We got that relationship being um, well, developed and solidified even further, um, which, is, which is outstanding. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know about that either, Brent. So actually, the, the numbers then from that webinar is, is, is going up and going up and going up then. So um, I'm yep. sure I must be pushing half a million now, is it? If, if you get 300 from that? Same dividends. Pardon? Yeah, it, it, the, that, well, there, there's been two, two referrals that have come from that. looks like one, each of those, one was about 150, the other was 175. So combined, they were you know, a little over 300. That second one is now going to be probably 300, 350 on its own. Oh, nice. So that webinar then will, will be a half-million-dollar webinar, which is really cool. So you've run the webinar. Um, so you're on the first one. So let's do this. So you've, you've got some really good figures there. Let's look at what you actually did around the actual technical side of things. When I say technical, that's, that's, that's just a, um, a big word we use. In fact, it's 
right, what, what do we do? Um, so let's just break it down to brass tacks. So, um, so let's look at what we actually do. So the first thing we do is identify, right, who's the maven? So the maven, you know, who, in our marketplace, who they are. And again, next week, guys, you're going to get the templates and all the good things to do this. Uh, number two, we've actually got the webinar taking place. To bring that to three, three key channels. Number one, get the maven. Number two, hold the webinar. And number three, get paid. That's what we're really looking to do. But bigger picture, as I said, it's really the authority we want, but you will get leads and business from the process as well. So you've got three simple steps. Get the maven, do the webinar, get paid. But let's break it down into nice, um, let's just talk like we're having a coffee, shall we? So, it's, uh, right, who's the maven? How do you, you, know, how do you choose him? Um, who he is? You know, uh, what's the topic? Why did you choose that topic? Etc. Then we go into the, ma the webinar itself. So, you know, landing pages, um, getting people to turn up. You mentioned you want more people. I remember the day before the webinar, you sent me an email saying, geez, no one's coming to it. And then, and then number three, get, getting paid. And this is the bit where I think we can improve moving forward when you start to look outside the referral side of things. But let's break it down to these three simple, um, three simple steps. So number one, first off, you know, who is the maven or mavens? How did you get them? Uh, why did you choose them? So this go through, yeah, nice and simple, first of all, who's the maven? And break it down to, into, yeah, into, into what you did. Right. So, so as I mentioned, you know, I went to my 30 referral partners, yep. right? I, I, I've had folks that have done, you know, consulting on a national scale, have been authors, speakers, writers, bloggers. Um, and uh, having done my avatar research, I had my panel identified, and I put, you know, just kind of a brief bio um, in front of my avatar panel because I knew I wasn't good enough to determine who the folks would be interested. I had my own favorites, but, but you know, I wanted their input. And uh, the very first uh, gentleman that came on board was a, uh, a CEO consultant. He's uh, an expert with middle market business. Um, he does uh, a roundtable with, you know, CEOs that's kind of a Vistage or um, uh, YPO type of an organization. And uh, he's very well-spoken. He has a, a commanding voice. Um, and there was a lot about that I liked him. And, and my avatar seemed to think that he'd be a good guy to start with. If we think about what the end game here is, guys, so we, we're holding a webinar. We want to get authority, but also short-term, we want to get some business. So the people we want on the webinar, are actually the maven, are those who your clients look up to and go, geez, this guy's a huge leader. You know, he's massive. And how come he's on Brandt's webinar? Um, so they look up to the to the maven. So how did you come up with the – so let's think about what we're looking to do here. So we want to get business. How did you come up with that, that actual individual? What was the drivers that made you choose him? So as I said, you know, the, he was part of the 25 relationships that I had as established referral partners. Um, and so I looked in that very small and somewhat known corral of people that I knew were uh, authority figures, uh, that had worked with my client base in the past and were interested and, you know, had the capability uh, to make a presentation. And, and for me, that was, um, you know, he'd written a couple of books. He was a very active blogger. Um, he had actually referred to me when I was looking at consultants to someone who, you know, was a consultant in the authority content development. And I ended up talking to that person um, in reference to my first Maven speaker, and he told me a lot about the success that this guy had in developing content. So, you know, it was a little bit of, of research, a little bit of gut, 
and of course the established relationship that I had with him as a referral partner. Got it. So the reason I asked that question again, Brian, was because um, typically what we do is say, right, this is the hot topic at the moment. So this is the pain point for our clients. So if we think about someone I know in, um, they work in investment banking, it could be some, the impact of Brexit on UK to, to Europe and trading, that could be a hot topic at the moment, you see. So we focus on the topic or the speaker. So you pick this guy because your potential client base, but your potential client base is 20, um, sorry, 200,000. So what was it? about this specific guy that you met, you thought, yeah, so your 25 people on the round table know him, but why, why him though? What was, what was the, you know, the key things about this guy? You know, is he known to the whole 200,000? Is he got, is there a hot topic at the moment? Why him? What, what's the, the, um, yeah, the specifics? Topic, right. So, so the topic was bridging the gap between the plan and the budget. Yep. And one of the pain points that I know exists and was able to identify and confirm with my avatar panel was that many of my clients, you know, put a great budget together, they get, you know, hours spent with regards to their executive team, they establish, you know, what they want to go and do, and then find themselves in the first quarter of the year off plan and scratch their heads and say, you know, what's going on? So his topic was around how do you really then, you know, after you've developed a plan, uh, bridge that gap to the executional part of your strategy. So it was a very relevant topic as it relates to what I know many of my CEOs struggle with, which is all great intentions, start the year, kind of sounds like my business, uh, and how do you, you know, get it back on track? Awesome. So, guys, just two things to listen to what Brown's done there. Um, number one, there's clear pain there, a real pain that they recognize, and it comes around every year. The second one is he's used the word now quite a few times. He's laid that off and, and got the confirmation from his avatar, from his panel. So these guys are essentially identifying this is a real, real topic, not just you guessing. So if you, so you hold a webinar sometimes. So, for example, John, you had a webinar, didn't you? And it's around about um, something to do with how to hire the best ABCs. But if a recruiter holds that type of webinar, your prospect is going to know that you're going to sell to them typically. Your, your recruiter talking about the best way to hire ABC or how to get these types of candidates. Normally they know that that's going to be some form of sale involved it's not added value so if you have a, a maven doing something or holding a topic that can maybe around a similar topic but they're not a recruiter then you've got different leverage um so what brand's done here really cool is one real real pain and secondly the avatars confirm this is a real on the point topic that they that they need to be fixed and by the sounds of it brand this is something that happens every year then is it oh yeah i mean you know the 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 research that this Maven webinar. He's, he's written a book around this, and it's just all about getting operational accountability with your team. So, so it's essentially training people how to ensure that there's regular contact, not unlike a 90-day sprint, um, with your team to ensure that they're executing against the plan. Awesome. Um, that was what the webinar was built around. And, and I think it's also important with the panel for those of, of us that also have other avatars I wouldn't just say, here, what do you think about this topic? I give them choices because it's a lot, I think, more, I found it anyway, a lot more relevant if I say, what do you think about topic one, two, three, and give me any additional information rather than saying, what do you think about this topic? Yeah. Because I, I tried both ways. If it was a topic, they would say, oh, yeah, that's okay or great or, yeah, sure, go ahead with it, whereas if I forced them to choose between three, I would. it was, it was a lot better better results in terms of, um, uh, you know, selection of, and, and consistency of what I should go forward with. 
So you've gone to the gone to the panel. So he's gone to you've gone to the avatars. Sorry, the the guys who've given the guidance on the avatars. And rather than say open ended, what do you think the topic should be? And you'll get fifty different replies. You've gone with. You can do real quick research. We're going to do that next week, guys, on identifying the topics. But you've gone with these are the top three. What do you think? And they've confirmed 80% right. have come back with number one and et cetera. And that's given you the, the driver. So did you identify the topic first then, then speak a second? Correct. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. So topic first, speak a second. Cool. So the key lesson here is, is not guess, guess this as at all, as you can tell. So did you do some general research? You, you know about your topic already, Brian. You've, you've, you know about your industry. You know generally what the, you know, the top sort of challenges are going to be. Then you took those to your panel. Is that what happened, or did you just do some cursory That's research? That's right. You know, the, the, yeah, the avatar research developed, you know, helped me identify several topics, right, because I was able to get to some of those pain points. It didn't, it didn't identify all of the topics, and now I'm kind of more in an iterative, you know, review of I've got these potential topics, avatar panel, what do you think? <clears throat> but certainly there was initial information that came back uh, from them in the in the original avatar profiling. Got it. Cool. Mark, it, yeah, by the looks, it, it's going to be yeah, over 500, which is cool. Um, Tana, uh, avatar research. What do you do for the avatar research, Brian? Follow your structure. Right, so so I don't remember what it's called, uh, Andy, in the library, but the avatar questionnaire, I guess. Yeah. Um, you, you, know, you have your training on it, and there's some great handouts. If they haven't looked at that, download that. You've got everything you need in terms of the kinds of questions to ask your avatar. Cool. So, okay, so you've identified who the speaker is. You've got a good topic, been confirmed by your panel. Let's get into what happened next then. So, geez, we've got, got this this topic and you've spoken to the to the maven at this point of view so you found, did you phone him up did you send um, an email what, what happened next how did you get, get him on board how do you yeah. sell it to him absolutely you know i had an established relationship with him so i reached out and said hey you know this is what we're doing um you know this was and it was our first webinar so there was a little bit of dance and shuffle but you know this is potentially the type of people that we'll have attending uh this is how big our database is um, based on the consultant I work with, these are the types of, you know, percentages. I mean, the, the first one is tough, I, I will have to admit, and it was a little scary because for obvious reasons, nobody likes to be a guinea pig. You're, you're truly included. Um, but, uh, you know, he understood that uh, it was something we were trying. He was willing, uh, you know, to work, it, work with us on it. Um, he had an assistant that, I, you know, kind of liaised with in the early days, and um, we bounced topics back and forth and further refined it. I shared with them some of the research that we've done with avatars. She shared some of the content that he works with, and, um, you know, we defined what uh, uh, the content would be. Um, I would say from a timing standpoint, with most of my avatars, um, about six to eight weeks out, is when I begin, you know, the connection with them. So, um, you know, now I'm working on, like, October, November, December um, webinars today with, you know, having pretty much the summer uh, filled out. Um, and uh, I now have a process where um, I have a, a technical guy that supports me. Once, once I've kind of agreed what the content is with either – the speaker or the assistant or, or both, um, uh, my 
technical guy reaches out about a month ahead of time, does some training with them, gets them familiar with um, you know the vehicle that we're using for the webinar, and then we have a um, like an hour session before the webinar you know starts. During that first, or rather that month before, of course, I also develop all of the notifications, the emails that go out announcing the webinar. Um, I always give them the courtesy of reviewing those. So if they have any uh, content questions or revisions, um, you know, they're they're more than happy to 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 do so, and and I you know actively involve them in the marketing of the webinar leading up to all of the notifications. Okay, cool. So the, so the conversation, the key thing you've, you've referenced there was, well, two things, maybe smile potential. This is what I could potentially do. But the key thing, as Brand's referenced there, is, yeah, they need a, they need a platform. They need, they need to share their, their wares. Um, Denise has asked, how much did you pay him? Um, I've never had anyone, Denise, and hopefully you're going to um, align with this. I know you've got the referral side of things, but you never, ever, ever, ever pay for a, a, a Maven, Denise. It's never happened, and hopefully it never will. Um, in fact, the template we've got, the email template we've got, came about from about four years ago now when one of our guys approached um, a, um, a lady, and she wanted $5,000, and we looked at what he used to approach her, and then we reframed the, the actual the message that went out, and he ended up having the same lady speak for free. So it's all about what's in it for them, but you never pay for a maven, Denise, ever. Um, yeah, no, no, no one's been paid, and, and uh, to your point, Andy, and I didn't mention that, of course, they want to know, well, who are you marketing this to? And, of course, I began by saying 1,300 in my database. Now I say 7,000, but, you know, for obvious reasons, um, they want to know the quality. They want to know who it is. I, you know, share with them that they're middle market CEOs. It's the target that they're speaking with as well, um, and then what I do however, share with them is not just the attendees, but also the registrants uh, for, because you don't always have as many people attend uh, as register after the fact. So they get the names and the email addresses, and we agreed for them to do kind of a soft follow-up uh, directly with regards to the offer that they have. And we're getting into the content a little bit, but, um, you know, that's what's in it for them. Cool. So the Maven gets all the registrations, not just those who attend. He actually gets the entire registration um, set of contacts. Awesome. So, and, and also, Andy, and, and this is a little bit refined again from what you had trained, but it works for us. I do a dual offer. Um, I allow my Mavens to do an offer at the end of the webinar, and I do our offer as well. So whether it's an hour of free consulting, whether it's a you know a free ebook, whether it's um, an opportunity to, to, to take an assessment. You know, I work with them on that, um, but that's part of what they um, allow, what I allow them to do with those that participate as well as those that register. Awesome. I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's dig deeper on that. Um, I want to come to that if we can. So let's, let's go through your actual closing in a second. Because I think that's really relevant. Let's go through this in terms of process. So you get the guy on the call um, or the lady on the call, and they sign up. Yeah, I want to do, do, do the... Uh, do the, do the webinar, and then, oh, geez, we've got to do a webinar. And then reality kicks in. So we've got to, do, we've got to get people onto the webinar. We've got to get a landing page, all this good stuff. So let's go through the actual getting it set up and getting people to attend as a next step. Then we'll go into actually holding the webinar. And then I'd love to go into that close. I think that's really cool what you've done there. I'd love to hear what you've done there. So um, just take us through what you did in terms of – so Maven said, Brant, love to speak with you. Um, we'll do it in six weeks. And then you're going – you put the phone down, you're going, uh-oh, 
we've got to do a webinar. So t- take, a, <laughs> take us through what, what, you, what you did, what happened then in terms of um, putting the phone down, right, landing page, getting um, people to attend. Um, take us through what you did there, okay? So, so step three in this case will be we've stretched out a little bit, but actually getting it, actually getting it set up up to, actually up to the day, so set up and people actually attending. What, take us through what you did, lessons there, or um, what worked, what was really cool, what you found out, you know, other little tweaks you've done. That'd be awesome. If you share that, that'd be awesome, Brent. Well, um, again, I've gone a little bit off template, Andy, <laughs> and this is a recurrent theme, but I know that you support, you know, obviously modifications, but I reached out to this technical guy that I've known for years that, you know, does my tech support. Uh, he hasn't worked on my webinar, although he probably will be. I'm meeting with him next week, in fact, and I want to share with him some of the uh, 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 website stuff to get that up and running. But uh, he has some expertise in webinars, and I went to him and said, look, this is what I want to do. Um, I familiarized him with the overview. Um, how should I proceed? Uh, walk through process as to how to set up the webinars, how to set up your notifications, how to link it with uh, your um, email uh, uh, capability. And, and I'm actually surprised at how easy it's been for me to, to set up the webinars. I needed a little bit of help with him in the first place, uh, but now I can pretty much do it on my own, taking the step-by-step process in setting up the templates, in setting up the landing pages, and establishing the email uh, series of emails that I, I set up um, I do between four to five emails, uh, usually starting, and I've, I've tested this a little bit, Andy, if you recall, in the very first webinar when I was sweating bullets uh, without getting the type of response I had. Um, you know, I tested, you know, a couple of different iterations with 100 or 150 uh, different uh, 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 registrants. I get between 20% to 55% open rates. Obviously, I love to have the higher open rate, but, uh, you know, uh, some of the emails still need a little tweaking as I go. Um, And as I said, I do four or five of them, usually no less than 10 days, but certainly no longer than two weeks out. Um, I, I tried three weeks out. I got very low interest. It was almost like it was just too early. People didn't think that far in advance. Seven to 10 days was too short. And so I kind of settled on, you know, two weeks out uh, as being when I would start my, my email campaigns. And I usually do them every two or three days leading up to the actual webinar. Um, I run my webinars on Tuesdays, usually the first Tuesday of every month. Um, I do them nationally and internationally. I've had international people attend. I typically take the 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern, which seems to be a good window. And um, that is uh, usually not changed. Sometimes, you know, Fourth of July fell on a Tuesday this year, so I had to do it on another day. But um, I try to stick to that that first Tuesday of the month. Um, what else? Uh, I get over eighty percent open rates. Uh, sorry, I get over eighty-five percent registration rates for everyone that comes to my registration page. And that's been consistent across all three webinars, um, which has been great. I haven't gotten the click-through rates that I've liked. I'm still working on that. As I said, I get between 25 to 50% open 
on my, or 20% to 55% open on my uh, original emails, but my click-throughs are probably between 1% to 2%. So still relatively low, improving, uh, but, but still relatively low. But almost everyone, as I said, at 85% that goes to the landing page registers, so I know I've got a good template for my for my registration landing page. Yeah, that's outstanding. Um, you you guys know, so you could stand on a stage and teach um, 85%. There are guys out there who will, you pay a lot of money to who will teach you how to get a 15, 20% open rate. To get a 20 to 55% open rate on emails, awesome. 85% registration, awesome. So when we run through um, you know, the lead opt-in lead and the strategies we got, we want to get 40% plus, and uh, lots of people say, that sounds like BS. You'll get 85%. So, Brand, let's not underestimate what you've done there. You've, you've done awesome. Uh, I think it's, you've mentioned the word quite a few times it's because they're coming to that page, and you've got, you've got it. You understand what drives your prospect. You know this. They know this is, the, uh, this is the pain I've got. And by the sounds of it, the speakers aren't necessarily the biggest names in the marketplace, but it sounds right. like the work, the work you've done on understanding the pain for your clients so everything we do in the inner circle, guys, everything is around you becoming become the trusted advisor. It's not about sales. If you go through how to say high price services, we don't talk about cost until the final box. Um, it's about you becoming a trusted advisor. You get their problem. And I think what Brown's done here, and you've, I think you've understated this, Brown, is I think one of the key factors from the success here is you've really, really, really got their problem. Um, you know, we've got a training called the, the Academy in this, um, essentially, a, a, um, a video course. And we, you know, it's only, I think it's $500 or something that we, we sell it for. It's just you know, a video course and do this, do this, do this. And then a chap approaches and said, well, I've, I've gone through this and I've done this, I've done this. And um, I've set up a webinar, but then, and we actually didn't talk about webinars, I don't think, in that. But look at what he'd done. Um, he, was just, he, he was trying to copy what other people have done in the marketplace, i.e., there's people, we all know this, there's people out who try and copy what you do. What you've done very eloquently here, Brand, is you've really, really got the pain point this is where someone from the outside looking in wouldn't get it, but you have. And I think you're 85% and you're 55% or 20 to 55, that comes down to you doing that initial work on the avatar. Um, it's not down to technical skills, it's not down to funky products, not down to funky anything. It comes down to you taking that additional hour or two to really, really understand who your prospect is. I can't under, understate that, guys. You know, we always talk about um, the way what we're doing here and some of the more recent guys, you'll get this. I ask you, what do you do, who do you do it for, and how you do it? If you get this first bit right, everything that follows from here on, everything that comes from that first bit will be gold dust. If you get this first bit wrong and, you, and you're guessing, you, you don't know who your prospect is, you don't know what the numbers are, you don't know what drives them, you don't know what the key um, influences um, to them are, then everything that follows will be, yeah, you still get good results. And that's why double R, double R works, copy and paste templates. That's why people come back and go, uh-oh, I've messed up. It's because at the top of the whole process, it's getting this first bit right, Brand. So I really want to labor the point, and hopefully I'm doing that, that, Brand, what you've done with the avatar bit that you've mentioned quite a few times, I believe that's been the, the, the driver to you having such good you know, metrics, that is, around your open rate and your registration. 85% is incredible. That's incredible. Um, I think that's up there with the, the highest ever, Brand, just so you're aware. Um, I know we've had a few people get um, 80s and maybe one or two get 90s going back years, but... That's really, really cool, and that comes down yeah, to my, my, I, yeah. The the click through rate, the one to two percent, is something that I just need to continue to tweak, and that's where I emphasize that continuing to understand the 
the avatar for me anyway is is my most important objective. I, I, I think that I think that there needs change, and I think that I have to even change the panel from time to time. Yeah. Because I know that um, their needs are always changing. So 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 for me anyway, it's 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 continually getting their input, giving them choices, and even looking at how can I continue to learn about them. Because that's I, I, I'm not good enough to be able to continue to track what their interests are. I can't do that on my own. I thought I could, but I can't. And, and if you look at what you've done here, so if we break it down to in all of your businesses and every process you've got, there's a constraint, which you covered a few weeks ago. If you look at what we've got going on with Brown here. We've got, number one, the data coming in. So we've got a database that's gone from 307,000. Then we've got the email. Open rate's awesome. Registration rate, this is awesome, 85%. Attendance, did they turn up? We can, we can tweak this. Did they sign up actually for a call or sign up for a, a I, I get, Yeah, for attendance, I get between 50 to 60, 50 to 75%. Again, that, that's awesome. So if we look at your point of failure, your point of success. Um, sign up will come to in a second. We're going to dig deep in that because you've done something really cool. But if we look at what you've got here, your open rate is good. So our point of failure and where the focus should be is a click-through rate. So if you can get a click-through rate going from 1% right. to 10%, um, conceivably, if, you, if the figures are linear, then the results will be 10 times the size. So where most recruiters are out there, right. they're working longer hours, hitting the phones harder and harder and doing whatever they do, what's Brian going to do? He's identified the, the point of failure and success in a business is, well, data's okay, it's going okay. Um, open rate, so the topic's obviously really, really cool. That's okay. Um, the registration rate, 85%, awesome. Attendance rate, really good. Sign up, we're going to come to. So the point of failure now, if we can 10x brand's click-through rate, then if the rest of the product is linear, that 10x is his figures. So a sensible and savvy person now, which is what brand is, and all of you, I'm talking to all of you, would look at the point of failure now, what's not working? So if I can take that 1% to 5%, 10%, if the rest of the model is linear, then that process is 10x. So what do I do? I spend some time, yeah. So what do I do? I test it. I send the templates to Andy. We look at breaking it down. We go through the promo builder, we, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we, that's where we spend our time now. So if we look at just this model here, and Brand's running, uh, was it one a month, one every two months, a webinar, if we can get this click-through rate now improving from one a month from 1% to 5%, the rest of the model, if it is linear, and that stays the same, which over three webinars and five webinars, we'll see how linear it is. But if we can get that click-through rate now from 1% to 5%, now we've got something really cool. And that's where we talk about being, being smart. And that's why when I ask for your metrics, we want to see what the point of failure is. That double R, double R is only four points of failure and four points of success. And the same what we're looking here with Brand's model. We've got the data and we've got the, the five steps to it. And we can see, in fact, it's more than that because open rate and click-through rate. But taking down the email, yeah, we need to work on that click-through rate. So how can we improve that? So... Um, obviously, you know the action because you spotted this yourself here. There's something to work on next. But th thanks, Lena, Lena, and that way, Brown. Because I think, make, think it makes it really, really simple for people to understand that it's not a case of working crazier hours or throwing more crap against the wall. It's about identifying what's working, what's not working. That's one of the screenshots I took with you earlier. You said that about things that don't work, you drop, and things that don't work, we scale. So it's the point of failure, guys, you want to be looking at the constraint in the business. And for you, Brown, then, you've identified that. That click-through rate is a key thing at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, it really hasn't changed. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very pleased with the results. Don't get me wrong. But, but, yeah, I like all the other numbers, but that, that 
half, one half to two percent is really the range it's in today. And to your point, if I could get that, if I could double that, I would have hundreds of people attending the webinar. And and you know that's that's my my big challenge now. And and I, I think it's content. I do. I mean, I think that um, you know I'm I'm still refining how I you know share with the with the avatars and and getting quality input from them. Um, uh, I had a topic this last July that I thought would have been killer, absolutely killer. My avatars thought it was. It was the ROI impact of women in leadership positions. And I know that I have a significant amount of women leaders in my database. Um, and it was the lowest attended webinar that I've had. And, you know, we tried two or three different ways. We got great open rates. We just weren't getting click throughs. Um, and uh, so, anyway, separate subject. You and I should probably go off yeah, I think, the line on that. But yeah, <laughs> I think what this comes down to is um, it's not the topic. It's not understanding your avatar. It comes down to the actual um, the actual email itself, the template itself. I don't think it's a topic. I don't think it's drivers for your avatar. I think it comes down to the actual the email itself. Um, so because the open rates are so good and the registration rates are so good, if one of those was low, so if the registration rate was low or the open rate was low, then I think maybe we, we, we got a driver to really maybe dig a bit deeper on our avatar and understand more about them. I don't think that's a problem because the metrics are good both sides. The point of failure is the actual, the actual the way that email is structured not understanding what drives our avatar. Say, if either side of that process was failing, then I'd say, yeah, we need to, we need to dig a bit deeper on, um, on the avatar. Right. But I don't think we got that. I think it really all it comes down to is the, the actual structure and structures of those emails, which, um, well, two things. Number one, we're going to be covering that in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be giving you guys um, the exact process, what we use, and there's some, some of you have used to get... Maximum show up and give you a template to get people actually clicking on the webinars and clicking through. Um, but also, Brand, yeah, let's dig a bit deeper on this one to one, okay? Um, but yeah. the problem, I don't. Let's think... get it offline. I, what yeah. I'd like to do is, is is to share with you my the you know four or five of the key emails with the stats and and yeah, let's you know, do have that. You take a look at them. I, let's do that. You're right. Yeah. So let's go through the actual webinar itself, okay? So day comes, you got people on the webinar. It comes up, you sit there, coffee, shaking. Uh oh, I'm just doing this live. Take us through what. <laughs> take us through what. What the structure of the webinar was, and again, the guys are going to give you the structure later on, so you can actually know how to lay this out with, with your Maven. But take us through your world. No doubt, by the sounds of it, you'll have a spin on what you did, Brand. So take us through what you actually did yourself right. on on this. Well, this is where I probably followed your. I followed your template a little more closely. <laughs> okay. But uh, we keep it to one hour religiously. I mean, we start on time, we end on time. Um, I do a five-minute intro, and, you know, I've learned from the best, you. Uh, you know, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I, I get an opportunity to say hello. I call the people's names as they sign in. Um, I ask them to, you know, put a hello in the chat box. Uh, uh, you know, it's a very good way to kind of socially interact with the people that are attending. Um, and uh, usually at about two or three minutes past the hour, um, I do a formal introduction, usually not more than about three minutes. My, my whole spiel is the first five minutes of the webinar. Um, I welcome them. I tell them who I am. I give them an overview of, you know, the series of webinars. Now, I can say series. The very first one was a little gnarly, but I can now speak to it as a series since we've done more than one. Um, and I, of course, give an overview of the bio of the, uh, of the presenter and, and you know, 
it's been fun because I know these people well, Andy. You know, they've been referral partners, or I've had them working with my consultants, so I can provide you know specifics about things that I know that they've contributed to others. So you know, kind of get the people's interest. But uh, five minutes past the hour, I'm handing it over to my uh, presenter. Um, I work with them to ensure they have no more than 20, maximum 25 slides, and I tell them they have to keep it between 25 to 30 minutes. Nice. Uh, some of them go a little long, and I've got to be on top of them, but, but they know that the value that comes next, and this has really been the fun part, is the Q&A session that follows their presentation. Um, part of what I do when people register, Andy, is I have a survey. And I don't know if GoTo does that, the webinar, I can set up both polls and open-ended questions. I usually have no more than three questions, a couple of polls, and then I actually ask them, uh, what would you like you know, the speaker to, to address during the webinar? And uh, so I get typically half, if not more, of the people that register to respond on the survey. And that forms the first Q&A questions, right? So, so after the presenter... Uh, does his or her presentation. Um, I then take over uh, as moderator, and I encourage people to ask questions in the chat box, but I start with the questions that I have from the survey. And uh, it's highly interactive. Um, you know, it's, it's face to video, back and forth. So we are, you know, having a conversation. Um, and usually it takes a little while, but people then begin to enter questions into the chat box. Um, and then before I know it, I look at, you know, the, the clock and we've got five minutes to the hour. So that Q&A is usually a 15 to 20, 20 minute uh, period. Um, we have done very, very well in maintaining attendance. You know, part of the challenge that um, I've learned from you, Andy, and also from Webinar Jam, which has got great training, is keeping people in the webinar. Um, and, and I find that by having just a 20, 25-minute presentation, maximum 30, and going right into Q&A, it keeps them engaged. Um, we don't get people dropping off until usually about, yeah, five minutes to the, to the end. And so we've got very, very good sticky uh, rates in that respect. Um, and then we do the offers at the end. Uh, let's, let's, I, of course, I'll tell you what, before you jump into that, Brian, because this is going to be, I think, going to be gold. Um, and I want us to go through this, if we, if we could, in, in a bit more detail, just for five minutes. Um, take us through how you do the Q&A, and that might just be you know, very direct, as it sounds. But then how does that dovetail into the, into the dual offer, and how do you actually frame that offer for, for you and for the Maven? Right. So... Um, I believe usually in, so, so, so going back, I do four or five email notifications. I think usually in one of those notifications, um, we indicate that there'll be a free offer um, included in the webinar, right? So, so there's a little bit of a tease. I don't remember which one we do it in. It's maybe email number three or number four. So, so they kind of have a little bit of an indication beforehand that there's going to be something free for them to attend the webinar. I in my first five minutes, when I do the intro on the webinar, I, of course, mention that as well. You know, after I kind of do the introduction of who I am, who they are, what the topic is about, you know, I'll say something like, you know, be sure you stay to the very end. You know, we're going to be offering, you know, complimentary consulting or a free ebook, whatever that is. 
and I do a standard uh, assessment uh, as well. We, we, we do psychographic assessments as part of our search, but I also do it as part of our org behavior, so that's kind of the ROI offer. So I talk about both in that first five minutes. Cool. So that so so there's there's the email you know in one or two of the emails there's mention of it, um, and then there's the five minute introduction, and then um, we do it at the close. Nice. Okay. Good. And so you get into the Q and A. The content's finished. How do you enjoy that? Awesome. Awesome. And then questions come in, and I guess the the maven answers the questions and. Um, and then you dovetail into, into your close. Tell us what happens with that, A, dovetailing sort of transition into the close. Then how do you actually frame the offer? How do you do it, and how does the, the Maven do it? Right. So the Q&A is very conversational. Um, the, the feedback that we get from participants is they enjoy that part the most because it's structured in the sense that I have the questions from the surveys, and then typically there's several questions that come in. Uh, we had an amazing thing happen, uh, actually, in this last webinar. There was someone who asked a question who uh, the content actually addressed, and uh, this was about the percentage of women in their leadership and the results that they get of it, and there was like a, a 30%. The details aren't important. And anyway, the person that asked the question was attending, and so we asked him if he could provide us you know, his percentage of female leadership, and he actually chatted that in the, tech, in the text box. So we were having, a, you know, a conversation, a real-time conversation around, you know, the content, which, which was great. Um, and, and so I watched the clock. You know, we're five minutes of. I know we're going to end at the hour. I'll, and then I refrained the, um, you know, as I told you in the beginning, as you probably saw in the emails, we have a, you know, a free offer from Bernadette today. Um, and then she has a screen that is her last slide that goes up with the offer. She explains it, and it shows up side by side. So, so essentially the last two or three minutes is the two of us explaining what the offer is and providing that as part of the last parting screenshot of the webinar. Awesome. So you, you both have your offer. So the Maven spends how long, 60 seconds talking about what the offer is? Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. no more than a minute. Yeah, and then and then you take over, and then you you hold your offer. What, what's your offer? Just give us a summary I do of what. The same. What's your actual offer? Right. So, so so my offer, and this is probably about a fifteen hundred dollar value. I offer a free online assessment and a one hour consulting for up to three members of their executive team. So so by clicking through, and, and it's actually a live offer that they can physically click on the screen and go directly to my website, um, and they can sign up for this uh, assessment of themselves and two members of their team. So they go to, the, go to that page, and then what, what happens? They click on the button, and they go through to your diary, or do they enter details? It, it, it actually go, it, it generates an email that comes to me with their email address and their contact details, and then either I or my VA calls them to set up for them to take the assessment, uh, once I have the assessments, then I set up a phone call with them to give them the feedback. Awesome. And, and that assessment, what exactly is it? Just give us a quick summary of what actually happens on that assessment. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, several on the call may be familiar with DISC test, D-I-S-C. Yep. It's, a, it's a psychographic psychometric test um, that takes the participant to 45 to 60 minutes to take, and it provides a coaching report. Uh, around their behavioral and motivational characteristics. 
Awesome. And then how does that turn into a conversation with the client or the prospect? How does that turn into we got a relationship and potential business moving right. forward? Right. So, so on, in addition to having the assessment, they get one hour of consulting time from me. So I get the report after they've taken it. I then send them a note and say, hey, here's your report, um, and here's your link to book a time for me to interpret this for you. Awesome. So you give them feedback on the report on that one-hour consulting, and then that, yeah. co- that call in itself, you give massive value, and that then transitions into um, a you give them value, they reciprocate, and then relationship forms into, into potential business. Is that what roughly happens? I have two. Yeah, so, so to, for, from the second webinar, I have two that took the assessment, and now, uh, the, it, it, well, three, three that took it, the CEO and two of his direct reports, um, I gave them feedback, all three, and now I'm doing coaching because I do coaching as part of my recruitment business with two of those subordinates. So that turned into four or five thousand dollars worth of business. And okay. and for me, the assessments lead the assessments and the coaching lead to future business. So um, you know, my it's it's kind of an entry strategy. It's kind of the first step on the escalator, if you will, of getting into their executive team. Got it. Got it. Cool. So we got the assessment, we got the consult, then we got a one-to-one relationship. Some of them move into coaching, then you move into the exec search, and actually got well, where the good stuff happens. Right. So, so that's the example of how the assessments work. But the real business that I've generated so far, as I mentioned, were um, you know one of the emails that was meant for an attendee. He never attended the webinar, but it reminded him that I did search, and, and that led to uh, one search assignment. And then, as I said, my first webinar, uh, my first Maven webinar presenter has given me a referral that's led to one search will likely be three positions. Awesome. Awesome. So, so two things happen in Brown. One is you're getting the, the actual business from the referral process, but also you're getting the leads in the back of the webinar. Um, overall, then, what do you think has done in, in two areas? Um, number one, I know that you had some positioning before, as you mentioned. Uh, have you expanded your, your reach at the moment doing, doing the webinars, or is it you know, are you known? So is it, A, expanded, so completely new potential leads, or has it improved your authority with existing contacts, or a bit of both? What's, what's the actual impact in those ways? Good, good question. Uh, probably too early to tell, Andy. Um, I mean, I would, I would be probably amiss to say that I've, actually increase my authority. I do get very good feedback. I've gotten a lot of unsolicited, you know, great topic. Will I get the replay, right? And as with GoToWebinarJam has an automatic 24-hour um, email that goes out with um, the link to the, to the uh, webinar for all that registered, right? So those that have attended as well as those that haven't, um, that email uh, can be edited, so I typically, with the presenter's approval, put both offers in that webinar. So it's not just here's the replay. You know, once again, here are the links to the offers that we presented, right? So, so that goes out to all registrants of the webinar afterwards. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would say no solid evidence other than the emails of of hey, this is great, keep me on the list. Um, I get unsubscribes too, right? I mean, I think that happens. Everyone's got to be prepared for that. I would say, um, hold on, let me just pull up the numbers here. Um, let's just look at the last 
campaign. Um, of the five emails that I sent on our last campaign, we had, let's see, it went out to 7,000 in total subscribers, and I had 150 that unsubscribed. And I'm adding, you know, between, what, uh, 150 to 200 a week? 150 to 250 a week. Yeah, got it. So, so you know, nothing outrageous. No. Cool. So the authority side of things, too soon to tell, but the feedback's awesome. Um, the conversations you're having with people, you've got some um, additional positioning. The the current, your current crop of, let's call it contacts, in fact, it's difficult to say because it's gone from 1,300 to 7,000. So, um, so it's, it's difficult to actually detail what current actually is, isn't it? I guess we're growing at, growing at that sort of rate. So really, yeah. the out- outcomes we've got, so let's go back to what we said right at the top of the call, two things. Number one, um, authority. What authority do we get from this? So lots of you are going to be in a position whereby you won't be a known name in the marketplace, but you may be an okay name in the marketplace. But when you apply this, this strategy on an ongoing basis, what will happen is when you do start to speak to people, you'll know, and you'll be in the message we get over and over again, I can't believe I'm talking to this person. It was, it was, I never thought I'd be able to speak to this person. So your authority will come from that transference of um, – trust and positioning from the maven but two things number one the right maven and secondly being consistent then the second thing is about the actual the ability to get the actual leads from the process and what brand's doing now and i think you've taken it again a funky spin there brand haven't you you've uh, you've also used the, the referral process as part of it um which is cool so it's taking what works in your business and scaling it up but the real thing i want you to think about is this it's the one-to-many aspect so if you can have a conversation right. or try and approach to, you know, clients, you pick up the phone, um, the things that make you shiver is if you've got this position, you can get 50, 100, 200 people on this webinar, and then you've got the same the next month and the next month, you know, the back of it, what you start to get is predictable figures. So you do three, four, five, six of these, you'll start to get consistent one for brand, very consistent open rates, registration rates, click through, you need to improve on, but still consistent. What you can start to get is, is each time you run this process, we know we get ABC. And then you've got something you can work with. So then you know that the, the, the pain point becomes, right, I need more leads. How do we get more leads? We get more data into the process or we, whatever it's going to be. You can have a, a different constraint, all of you. Or the registration page is only converting at 20%. We need to get to 40 So it comes down to predictability. So it's not a case of doing it just once and then it worked, it didn't work, or awesome, got leads and then stopping. It's about being consistent. So we need to, number one, implement and focus on the, the authority piece, but also know we're going to get leads along the way, which is really, really cool. But secondly, understand, and this is a one-to-many strategy, whereby when you've got the numbers at the front end, the easy bit, getting the data in, you're going to have a conversation with 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people live on a webinar with the positioning. And it's a completely different place from where it is, where you're hitting the phones or you get consultants to, well, I can't believe people still do this, but anyway, hitting the phones and picking up books and you know specking that way. It just changes everything when you've got the authority, but that one-to-many mindset. But what Brown's done here, if you guys can pick up on this, is if we get 100 people going to a page, 85 register. Of those 85, 50, 60 turn up. Of those 50, 60, a handful then go into the next phase, which is sign up for a consult. So the next phase of Brown may well be, right, how do we improve the close? So on the webinar, we've got 50 people right. on the webinar, but only five people are turning up for the, for the, for the consultation. How do we get that to 10, 20? So again, if we can improve that close and we can improve the click-through rate, suddenly the business is exponentially grown only by focusing on right, how to do a better close 
and how to write a better email. So not working harder, it's about spending time understanding what we're doing wrong there, but also what we can do to improve it, which is what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. Um, so for you, Brant, it's, you've got a process which has given you linear results, which is awesome in terms of the actual metrics you've shared. Um, but I'm excited about what we can do. Two things, now listen to what you shared. Number one is mention the click-through rate, which you know, email me personally. And number two, what, yep. we can do, what we can do with the close. So um, I'm very transparent yep. with all, all of you guys. To this day, when we run a webinar, and as you guys know, we've got a 50, 60-page workbook of slides done for you. To this day, when I run a webinar, I'm going to go th through three, four cycles of it until I'm happy with the conversion figures. And then we might automate it. And then, the, then we throw traffic into the front end of it. And it's a case of getting that tweaking. So next time you run it, of course, you're going to use a different clothes, I imagine, Brian, aren't you? Or you know, we're going to improve your clothes. So um, look at what's not working. How do we tweak it? So it's a case of working smarter, guys, working one to many. And for you, Brant, um, let's let you have the, uh, you know, the, the, the closing words on this, Brant. So number one, you know, what's, what's the future look like for you in terms of webinars and maybe webinars and what's coming up? Um, secondly, what do you think you're going to do in terms of, um, of scaling this? And number three, what's happening in the bigger picture? Just give us a, a, a part in view, if you could. Absolutely. Well, Andy, I, I think first and foremost, the, the thing that I love that you keep hammering into all of us is there's always room for improvement. And, you know, I can't be satisfied and sit on my laurels with the fact that I got 500K out of my first webinar. In some ways, it was lucky. But, you know, what's interesting is I got it out of, of the maven who obviously – was impressed enough with what I did in terms of organizing the webinar that he felt comfortable to make a referral for me, which is great. And, you know, the fact that consistent message, and this gets back to supporting double R, double R, you know, one of the business, one of the search assignments that I got was from someone who just happened to receive the email and responded on that to me about my capabilities. He had no intention of ever attending the webinar. But if I hadn't been in touch with him about the fact that I'm offering these webinars, he might have very easily gone to another recruiter. So, so this has sold me on the consistent opportunity of me continuing to reach out to my market, even if I, I lose 100 a month in my database or 150, whatever the number is, of, of letting them know that I'm out there, I'm active, I'm trying to bring resources to them, and you know, when they're ready to engage, then they will contact me. And, and it's, it's just a reversal of where I was in the past trying to find, you know, <laughs> the CEO that's in diapers, right, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the one that needed me, the one that needed Pampers, uh, another story entirely. But, but to me, that is, is convinced me that this is the right program because these types of messaging um, helps to install the authority, right? And, and, you know, the fact that they may not even attend is what's fascinating to me that um, has, has, you know, instilled, I think, a commitment for me to continue to do this. I think in terms of improvement, you, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I'm frustrated with that low click-through rate. Um, I can't wait to get you the emails, the sample emails with, you know, the numbers so that, you know, we can have an ongoing conversation because I know that if I could get hundreds instead of 40s or 50s attending, um, it's just going to have a multiple impact on my business, so I want to continue to raise the bar. Um, I'm going to run out of presenters pretty soon because I'm pretty much going to go through all my referral partners. So I've got to start now thinking about how to reach out to industry 
um, leaders, but I will be able to do so with the confidence of having run several of these now and having worked out the bugs. So for me, that's been a great strategy, right? Because I've, I'm doing this with friends that know me that have a, you know, kind of a higher level of acceptance. You know, we have some technical glitches or whatever. It's no big deal, and we're still getting great results. And, and they're getting results, too, by the way. One area we didn't talk about was how are my clients responding to their offers, and, and it's been very positive. They've been very happy. Many have come back and said, you know, two of the three have come back and said, um, you know, can we schedule this again next year? So that's a good thing. Um, so, uh, you know, I think for me, Andy, and we've talked about this previously, um, I, you know, I wish I had Rick's energy. I don't. I don't have, you know, as many people on the team currently that, to do all these things, and I have to be very selective about the type of programs that I put in place. And, and I was frustrated about that in the first couple of months because I really wanted to do everything. Now I realize that it's really being selective about those programs that I, I, I can test and I can figure out that will work, and then just executing the hell out of them, you know, making sure that they're being, um, you know, delivered in a way that, that is of the highest and continuity improving quality. Um, as you know, in, in my current 90-day sprint, my next – um, uh, step is to put Content Canon in place. I haven't done that yet. I've been with you six months. I know a lot of people do that in the early stages. I've got my, my VA uh, who has actually done the Content Canon training. Uh, she and I are going to have a conversation, I think, tomorrow. And, you know, that's my next exciting project. And, and that, with my webinars and my referrals, if I can do that well for the next 90 days, I know I can continue to deliver great results. I don't have to do everything. I just have to do a, you know, a couple of things really, really well. And, and that's, that's it. It's, you don't have to do everything. That's exactly it. So I think sometimes it's something we're, we're looking to address as well. You come inside the inner circles, like, wow, there's hundreds of different sessions here and, and webinars and templates. And it's, it's, no, it's focused on what we've given you to do. Um, and that's exactly what you need to do. Just focus on what you've been given to do. And just to recap, um, what Brown said there is, yeah, there's always room for improvement. We, the session we did with Keith the other week, and we put out a, um, um, I can't remember what the girls did, whether it was a podcast or um, an article, but uh, around Keith getting 94%, and you know, a few people, that sounds like BS, no one gets 94% reply rate. Um, but these things happen, and it's, you know, Keith said himself on, on the hot seat he did, you know, that, you know, he tweaks it, he tweaks it, he tweaks it. Um, I think his average now is around 84 82%, but he got to 94% reply rate. Yes, it's always about improvement. The second one, yeah, being consistent with messaging. That's why we use the automated tools we use. Absolutely key. Number three, installing authority is, is pivotal to your long-term sustainability. Coming in, getting quick wins, and having a great three, six months is awesome. But the content canon will help with that. But that authority is key for your long-term sustainability and your position in the marketplace. What's key, we didn't actually focus on this, but the webinar itself, we, the script you guys are going to get next week, it's all about the win for the Maven and the win for you, but it's actually great to see that the Maven's got good business at the back, back end of that also, Brent. And number five, we say this all the time, there's only really two things we do in the bigger picture. Number one, we get a process that converts, awesome. And second, we scale the hell out of it. When you get that in place, then you are going to have a really good 90-day sprint. But again, we need to combine the campaigns with the authority and all the other good things, but scaling what works. So, Brent, thanks for those five closing points. Um, let's do this. Number one, Brian, is there anything from your side you want to add before we uh, 
we close up, and my apologies, well, just look at the time, it's gone on for a lot longer than, than expected, but I know you've just shared awesome stuff again. Um, so, Brian, over to you. Yeah. The, the last comment I was going to make is, and, you know, I mentioned that, I think you had it up on one of the screens, it, it, it's the financial freedom this has provided me. Um, I'm now looking at my bank account. I don't have the feast and famine. You know, typically I'm having more at the end of the month than I did at the first part of the month. And, um, you know, I'm getting ACH transfers uh, continuously from, from, you know, clients. And um, I think you mentioned this as well. Uh, now when I go in to San Francisco for the day, every meeting that I have is productive. Everything's related either to an income-producing client or um, one that's very close to doing so, one that I've warmed up through one or more of these practices. You know, it's not a cold meeting where, Someone's going to say, oh, hey, by the way, I, I got some work for you. You can place me. You know, how many of us have heard that that statement before? <laughs> and uh, the bottom line is, you know, that level of freedom. I mean, I, I shared with you, I went to my uh, high school reunion the other weekend, which I probably in the past, if I'd gone through a, you know, a period of, of, uh, of, of, of famine, I wouldn't even consider doing. I went away, didn't look at my computer, didn't look at any emails, had a great time and really felt good about being away for the business for three or four days on an end. And, um, you know, that's given me financial as well as, you know, personal freedom that I, I haven't had in the past. And, you know, that's great stuff. Thank you, Andy. Can't thank you enough. Well, it's you implement, Brian, but I love the fact you use freedom twice, financial freedom and also personal freedom. And that's the key thing. When you, know, you sent me the email saying I'm going to – my reunion is like oh, <laughs> which is which is awesome, and that's why we do it. That's why we do what we do, isn't it? You don't want to be killing yourself. So, if you recall, at one point in time, you challenged me on finding the twenty organizations that were the top thought leaders in my niche, and I thought, oh man, you know, this is hard work. Believe it or not, I found twenty-five, <laughs> and so they are my next targets in terms of the go-to's for my mavens. So I'm, I'm quickly going to run out this calendar year of my promoter partners, and, and that's my referral partners, and that's fine. Um, but now I have these 20, 25 organizations that I've included in my mailings. They know who I am. I've actually developed a relationship with one, and I'm going to be targeting them with my content canon. So then when I begin to contact them for Mavens, they'll I'll be a known entity with them. So, so I would encourage, I think that's in the training, isn't it, Andy, that you look at industry leaders to... Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I know you've been up early. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that, Brian. And um, yeah, given as always. So um, lots of love for you, Brian. But thank you so much for that, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Bye bye. There's the name, Brian. Wow. Um, how much did he give there? And for those of you who've not gone through Maven Webinar, and it's a little bit conceptual. Trust me, when you combine this, what we're doing in the next couple of weeks, it's going to make perfect sense for you. But some really, really cool insights and the figure now is. Uh, as I said, I wasn't aware of that. It's half a million from that webinar, which is really, really cool. Um, now, of course, not everyone's going to do half a million from the first webinar, and that is um, not typical. Of course not. But we've had members who've built up a database of, you know, gone from 10,000 to 40,000 plus using this exact same strategy. Um, getting the type of contacts, type of clients you can only dream of. And there's none of it. It's rocket science. It's, and we're going to be laying out for you step by step um, in the next next couple of weeks so I'm literally going to give you the templates so idea in the mavens top 20 mavens how to approach the mavens the 
the actual email you're going to send, the actual telephone scripts of the conversation you have with them, maybe to ensure they say yes. Then we'll go through the actual setup to ensure you get maximum people actually registering for the webinar. Then actually giving you the actual the, the templates and in some cases the copy and paste to ensure you get maximum attendance of the webinar. And then going through the webinar itself, going to give you the actual, this is how you open it, this is what you say, the script, going to give you slides, going to give you the transition into the close, how to make sure your close is 100% on point, and to ensure you really maximize those attendees in the webinar, and they become clients. They become leads, or if it's candidates, they do what they need, they take their next step. So we've got that coming up. It's going to be laid out for you step by step, which I'm really, really excited about. Uh, the key thing, the key thing is think about one to many. Think about one to many. If you drift back into doing the old school way of doing things, um, just think about this. If you go have 50 of your hottest potential prospects onto a webinar, and then you've got the Brad Pitt of your industry essentially endorsing you, and you get that alignment of trust, imagine doing that once, twice, three times. What do you think is going to happen? And then you put it as part of a funnel. So what would it do to take, get those people onto a call, typically? But they're actually coming to you. They're booking into your diary. They're actually registering for a consultation with you. Uh, just to recap, one to many. Thinking smartly, not thinking about working harder. So if Brand's got this process whereby we're getting a set of figures out of three, four, five webinars, and if we can take that conversion point or the point of failure, the, the click-through rate from a one to a two to a three, Linear, three times the growth. If we can improve as close to go from what the percentage is now, do we actually work out, do we? Um, but double that, then we've got something that's growing. Or only by thinking smarter, using templates, using um, analyzing what he's doing now. Not about making more calls or working harder or more flights or any of that. It's about improving the point of failure. Uh, so that's what we're going to look at. The point of failure or the point of success, but wherever the, wherever the constraint is in the business. So the amount of stuff I see put on the internet now, LinkedIn doesn't work or email doesn't work and often email doesn't work. Um, there's a point of failure. Is it the data? Is it the what point in the process? So we want to be working smarter, guys. And that's really, for me, I didn't know it was going to come to that point, but it's really just um, made it absolutely crystal clear that we want to be focused on working smarter. Focus on what's the constraint now? Have I not got enough leads? Okay, what am I doing to get leads? Have I got enough data? Have I got enough leads at the front end of it? Is the conversion point in the middle working? Is it not? What's not working? And what Brad's gone through, to me, has made it even clearer in a real working example. Something so simple, email, close on the webinar, what can we do? So there'll be some testing involved, some tweaking. Um, but as always, it goes back to what's at the top of the pivot point, understanding the prospect. But I think Brad's got that down. It just comes down to, I think, a technical understanding of the email side of things and what the entire invite funnel is. What's happening with all the invites? What are we actually doing? So um, we'll have a look at what Brian's got there. Discover how to build your recruitment employment agency using one to many automation and inbound strategies before anyone else in your market specialization. Check out recruitmentmarketinginternational.com.